Okay, we shall continue our um, Sunday sermon sessions in the Gospel of John, and we will find ourselves in chapter 16, verses 16 through 22. John chapter 16, verses 16 through 22. Christ always in the theme and context, speaking to his immediate entourage, the apostles, in which he is... Uh, uh, revealing to them his coming hour of sacrifice on the cross. They, of course, in confusion, not certain, unknowing what it is that he is uh, purposed and meaning. However, he is teaching them and he is comforting them. He is encouraging them. He is making them understand the task at hand and the things to take place. And uh, certainly the comforter, uh, uh, the helper, the uh, uh, reception of the Holy Spirit would be given to them upon the Christ's departure. Uh, and uh, so that remains within uh, the context of things being uh, spoken. And so in this location here, of course, the Christ will further make it uh, uh, transparent for them to understand the coming hour. And so we uh, begin in verse 16. A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again a little while, and you will see me. Now, some of his disciples, in verse 17, said to one another, What is this thing he is telling us? What is he saying? What does he mean when he says, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me, and because I go to the Father? So they were saying, in verse 18, What is it that he is saying? About a little while. We don't know what he's talking about. And not in, of course, the notion that somehow Christ has lost his mind or the capability of being, uh, uh, um, how should I say, um, understood. They were thinking always on an earthly plane and not a spiritual insight, an earthly plane. Here is our master. He is the Christ. He is our master. He is our teacher. He provided for us all spiritual blessings, security, comfort, nourishment. And he speaks of leaving. Well, where is he going? If he is the Messiah, is he not to stay? And is he not to build his kingdom and to overthrow the Roman power? Perhaps still thoughts of that physical Worldview, perhaps thoughts again of office and what their office might be in this reign. So they're a bit confused as to the language he's speaking. It's not because they don't understand the words or somehow think that Christ has lost his mind. But they're trying to wrap the information around their, uh, their thoughts and they're having difficulty because of the boundary of an earthly view. How can we believe in something we can't see? 
we are accustomed to believing in what we see. And of course, Jesus knew that they wished to question him. They did not do so outwardly, but they were taking place among themselves. But Christ knew that because Christ has the greater insight into the mind of man. And so Jesus says to them, them being in respect to the grammar and context, the 11 apostles who would become the direct recipients of the outpoured power of the Holy Spirit recorded in Acts chapter 1. He says to them, are you deliberating together about this? That I said, and here is what they would have been deliberating about, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me. Is this here saying or this reality the source of your deliberation? The reason in which you find yourself lacking the purpose or reason to the word? He explains in verse 20. Truly, truly, pay close attention to the things I am about to tell you. They are most important. You will weep and lament. Simply meaning you will cry, shed tears, right? And you will lament. You will produce actions, behavioral actions and practices and facial expressions of sorrow and pain, devastation, loss, confusion, doubt. They will find themselves withdrawn. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament. And as you do, as you find yourself in sorrow and pain, the world will rejoice. The sinful ways of the world will find pleasure in your pain and sorrow. The world will find itself victorious. And that is indeed a sad witness to mankind's willingness to do evil things. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. This is in cooperation, directly so, to a little while, and you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me. Now, are we connecting the dots? In the, in the next hour, Jesus will be apprehended under, of course, baseless accusations and false witnesses and slander. He will be apprehended and brought to be murdered. But yet once he, allowing the murder to take place, will fulfill the redemptive plan for mankind. And he will go through the death, burial, and resurrection witness 
That is the key to their joy. Once he is raised from the dead, he will show himself among the people, among his people, and over 500 plus of them for many, many days, right? So they will be found in deep sorrow and in deep pain to have gone through such a moment of uh, uh, um, loss and separation. But their joy will return and their purpose. And we must remember that they will become the recipients of the Holy Spirit, which is miraculous. They will be guided supernaturally by God, brought to all truth in their minds, and they will understand fully what has taken place with the Christ. Now, they don't see it as clearly as they will. They're trying to make sense of it. But once they become the recipients of the Holy Spirit and they see the Christ again walking among them, all these things to take place afterwards, they will be at peace. And it gave them the strength to go and uh, uh, produce the work, even at the cost of their own lives, ultimately, at the end. Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. So many things here from what is seen in the direct context that we can apply practically in our lives and faith this day. We have experienced and we will experience yet again what weeping and lament and sorrow and pain is all about. It is indeed part of this fallen world. There's no way around that. Yet the Christ is there, is he not? To bring us joy, to bring us comfort. When we had become the recipients of evil, God was there to take us in and create in us a fateful house filled with hope and joy. At the moment where we were found in loss and separation, deep sorrow and anguish and lament, uncertainties and doubt, the Christ took us in. He drew us close to his peace and mercy. He healed us. And he has given us joy. He continues in verse 21. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain. Because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Now let's take a minute and truly unpack this and how wonderful this is. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain. There's ripping, there's tearing, there's burning, there's pain. There is a suffering. 
yet when the child is brought to the arms of the mother, it's not that the mother forgets the pain somehow, it's that the joy of the baby is of greater importance than the pain that she had to go through in delivery. And so our focus is not on the pain. It's on the blessing. We here persevere because we don't focus on the pain and the sorrow that came at the hands of slanderers and divisive brutes, devils. We do not focus on the pain and sorrow. We focus on the birth. We focus on the love and unity and family and peace and forgiveness and healing of our Lord's congregation. Do we see that? But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because, you see, because how can she do that? How can that be done with the, that amount of tearing and burning and pain? And how can that just... Because when you see the little baby and you see the joy he or she gives, it's not that somehow the pain has gone away, it's that the focus has changed up here. And because the focus has changed up here, there's now hope, there's a new life. Obviously, the labor needs to be patched up medically, doesn't it? There needs to be a time of healing, right? There's still been some damage to the body, right? But does God not heal the body through our focus on the joy of the little baby? Please tell me you can see the spiritual side of these things. <laughs> it's quite powerful, isn't it? That's how we know we have hope in Christ and that his congregation here will grow. Because when the devil rejoiced, thinking he was victorious in, de in defeating us, Christ took us in and a little baby was born. Therefore, verse 22, you too have grief now, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice. And no one, no one will take your joy away from you. It can't be done. If you've been able to go through that pain and not allow that pain to, 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 to be a defeatist worldview, through Christ we conquer, then truly we can persevere through everything coming our way. Sickness, loss of loved ones, persecution. We can persevere and we can embrace the moments of peace and joy because this joy is eternal. It can't be taken away from us. It's in Christ. Now let me, if you so will, take it from another perspective.
when you begin to read the words of this book and you begin to believe the words of this book and you study the words of this book and you come at the moment of decision in your life if you will act upon the words of this book there can be weeping and lament and sorrow at a great many realities that the Holy Spirit through His Word has set in your mind. When you allow the truth to penetrate your thought and mind, you will find sadness in the fact that those we love are lost and that most in this world are lost and that it calls in us a change of life. And for us to be that little baby, to be born again, is a commitment that is for life. If you find yourself in a relationship, how far will you go in the relationship before you make the commitment of marriage? How far must that go until the individual you are in a relationship with says, if you're not going to marry me, I'm going to move on. How willing are we to let go the things that perhaps we had been taught that were not accurate. How willing are we to let go perhaps friends, family, co-workers, neighbors, whoever in our lives that may be hindering us from being born again? There is pain and there is change in obeying the gospel. But when you come up out of that water, having obeyed the words of the Spirit... You focus on the joy. You focus on the fact that you've been forgiven of your sins and added to His church. And what a blessing it would be to have you here as a member of this local assembly where all spiritual blessings are given. Love, mercy, selflessness, kindness, uprightness, It is indeed difficult and we've had to go through those moments in our lives when the truth had set us free, knowing that our loved ones are lost in falsehoods. But with the joy of our new birth through the power of God's gospel, we can in turn try to teach them and bring them to Christ. If we believe in Jesus and we love Jesus, we will keep His commandments. Therefore, you too have grief now. It is difficult to admit the truth that most people we love are lost. But will we not honor their name? Will we not honor the time we had with them? And do what's right and be born again.
Certainly. Therefore you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. When we came up out of that water, born again, and God added us to His church, a spiritual house that cannot be destroyed by any man, blessed are we to remain focused on that joy. What is the information that our brother Paul, the apostle, spoke in letters to Christians in the first century? Remember your birth. Remember the commitment. Remember the joy of being a little baby, innocent, forgiven, washed of sins. Most miss it, sadly. And many will be in a relationship with an individual, but will never seek to marry. And they will lose the opportunity to marry. At last, a different angle and perspective to the text. And our Lord and Master speaks these words with compassion and long-suffering towards all of us. He wants all of us to be saved. But we must be saved in the manner in which the Holy Spirit wrote. And again, within the context and theme of this portion of Scripture, Christ was telling His eleven apostles that they are loved that they will be cared for and that they need to focus on the joy of the baby. And we certainly can be uh, encouraged by that. Gives us hope to deal with the things we have to deal with. Let's stay focused on the good. Let's stay focused on what's positive and what's right. Okay, well, that'll conclude this portion, and we will move on to a song. <laughs> 